Pray with me. Lord, it's a gift this morning to sit under your word, to hear the words of our Lord. And Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts and we would indeed leave here as changed people, having encountered the living God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It is good to see you all. It's good to see you all. Thanks for uh, joining in, for being here this morning. It's hard to believe, but we are um, almost halfway through August. Can you believe that? That means that we're almost two-thirds of the way through 2020. So here's a question. How, how's your year going? How's 2020 for you? <laughs> I know for me, like lots of you, we started this year, a new year, a new decade, with so much anticipation. For, for my family and me, we had so much anticipation as we looked forward to moving to a new city after living in Memphis for almost 10 years and pastoring at a church there. We looked forward to joining you all. And while there have indeed been, been some, some blessings in our year, um, I think it's safe to say that it's looked different than any of us would have dreamed, right? It's been a hard year for all of us. Literally everyone around the world can relate to that statement. Isn't that crazy? That it's been a hard year for all of us. But there's some good news for us in this morning's gospel reading. The Word of God is indeed living and active. And sometimes you encounter Scripture and it just speaks so clearly right to where you are. And I believe that this morning's gospel reading is, is very much like that. And here's, here's the truth in this reading that I think is good news for us this morning. As Jesus, in this miraculous way, meets his disciples in the midst of a storm, we see this grand truth, that Jesus meets his followers in their scary times. Jesus meets his followers in their scary times. And the same is true for us, if you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus meets us in our scary times. So let's take a close look at this passage this morning. And it'll really help if you have your eyes on Scripture because we're, just, we're literally just going to walk verse by verse through this story. So uh, you can turn back in your bulletin to the Gospel reading and we can follow along together that way. So starting with verse 22, Matthew writes, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. So Matthew starts the passage with a timestamp. immediately. This story follows on the heels of uh, the passage that Dean Michael preached on last week, Jesus, in this miraculous way, feeding more than 5,000 people. Now, if you remember, Jesus uh, began that um, trying to get away to grieve the loss of his friend and his cousin, John the Baptist. He's trying to get away to be alone with his followers, uh, to be alone with his father. And great crowds followed him. They were hungry. And so they miraculously fed more than 5,000 people from a meager five loaves and two fish. So after that scene, immediately, Jesus sends his disciples away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. 
and he dismisses the crowds, and we see that he finally gets some time alone. In verse 23, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, this is a side note, but I can't just pass over this because I believe that it's, it's so important for us. The gospel accounts of Jesus often record and depict our Lord and Savior getting away by himself to be alone with the Father in silence and solitude. And he even commands his disciples in, in Mark chapter 6. Jesus says this to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. So is this true for you? Do you find yourself getting away and intentionally withdrawing in silence and solitude to be alone with your Heavenly Father? Or in the days of this pandemic, do you fill your time, fill all these empty moments with stuff, with distraction, so that you don't have to feel, so that you can avoid the ache that is in all of our hearts, the ache that only God can quench? So, side note is, follow the example and follow the command of Jesus, especially during these pandemic times when, when many of us find ourselves with extra times, and, and withdraw with intentionality to be alone in silence and solitude with your Father. So let's keep going. In verse 24, Jesus is alone praying on the mountain. Verse 24 says, But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Mark's account of this scene in Mark chapter 6 tells us that while Jesus was praying, somehow he could see the disciples struggling uh, against the waves. So sometime between the hours of 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., during what Matthew calls the fourth watch of the night, Jesus in his mercy... And in his compassion, goes to help his friends, his disciples. But the disciples are about three miles out to sea, on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus doesn't have a boat. But here's what we see. That is no hindrance for our Lord. He goes to his friends in their scary time, no matter the circumstances, no matter the barrier. Nothing can stop Jesus from making his way to his disciples in their scary time. Verse 25. I think we become so familiar with Scripture that we can miss really significant verses like this one. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Don't become so familiar with the words of the Gospels that you cease to be amazed at things like this. Jesus came to his friends walking on the sea. Nothing can stop Jesus from making his way to his friends. And the same is true for us. Nothing can hinder Jesus from coming to be with us in our scary times. No matter the circumstances, no matter the hindrance, the barrier, Jesus meets with his followers in their scary time. And nothing can stop him from being with us. Now let's look closely at this encounter. The text tells us that the disciples see a figure moving towards them in the night, and initially they're terrified. And you would be too. Imagine, imagine the scene. So it's the middle of the night, the darkest hour of the night. Just think about what the disciples have been up to for the past 24 hours. So during the day they were serving literally 
thousands of people a meal. They've been doing ministry. And then throughout the night, they're, um, they're rowing against the waves and the wind in this storm. So they're emotionally, they're physically exhausted. They haven't had any rest. And then in this terrifying time, they see a figure moving towards them in the middle of the night. Imagine how terrified you would be. But then look at what Jesus calls out to them in verse 27. So in their fear, look at what Jesus does. Jesus speaks to them. And I imagine, though he's having to speak over the loud wind and the loud waves, I imagine tenderness in his voice as he says, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. These words are so, so beautiful. So I want to sit here for a second and digest these words. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. So this, this phrase, this peculiar phrase, take heart, is translated in some English translations of the Bible as take courage. Take courage. So there's a Bible teacher, um, a counselor, a writer named Chip Dodd, and he has these very helpful words to say about this idea of courage. So listen to this kind of longer quote. I think it's really helpful for us to begin to understand and digest these important words from Jesus. This is what Chip Dodd writes. Having courage and having heart are connected in meaning. The Latin word, if any of you took Latin, I never did. The Latin word cor, C-O-R, means heart. It is the root word for our English word, courage. Core means the center of one's person, the essential makeup or heart of a person. We are all born with a core out of which we have courage, full-hearted participation, the complete offering of ourselves to life and living the full capacity to be all in so in the midst of their fear, they're literally scared for their lives. Is this storm going to be the end of us? And then in the midst of their fear, as they think they see a ghost, Jesus calls out to the depths of his disciples, to their innermost being. He connects with them in the deepest way possible on a heart level. He says, take heart, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And then these three words, it is I, are jam-packed with meaning. So how do we, in the midst of those sorts of circumstances, take heart? How do we take courage when we're in the midst of terrifying circumstances? These three words are the answer, I believe. It is I. So it is I is from the Greek ego a me, which literally means I am. I am. Which, these two words, I am, harken back to an important passage in our Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 3, when from the burning bush, God tells Moses his personal divine name, Yahweh, I am who I am. I am. So Jesus is comforting his disciples. Jesus is comforting us with this beautiful reality. Take heart. Be filled with courage, no matter the circumstances, because the Lord's divine presence is with you. It is I. I'm here. I 
am. Jesus meets us in scary times. How might this change the way that we walk through a pandemic? Knowing that no matter the circumstances, the divine Yahweh is present with us. So perhaps this pandemic is an invitation for you to open yourself up to the presence of Jesus, for him to be with you in a special and unique way during this time. And then the passage goes on in verse 28. Peter cries out to Jesus. He says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And then, and and don't miss this, Peter often gets a bad rap, uh, especially in, in the gospel accounts of Jesus. He often gets a bad rap, but don't miss that that Jesus invites him. He says, come. And so Peter does. Peter's obedient. I think here Peter is filled with courage, and Peter is obedient. And don't miss the fact that Peter joins in the miracle of Jesus, that Peter himself walks on water. This is the same Peter who, just a couple of chapters later, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says to him, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. This is the same Peter who preached at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell on the believers. This is the same Peter who authored sections of our New Testament and led the early church with boldness and with wisdom. Jesus meets with Peter during Peter's scary, terrifying time, and then Jesus empowers Peter to join with him in uh, this miracle, walking on water. And then, of course... Peter begins to look around, and he remembers, like, wow, we're in the middle of this storm, in the middle of this sea. He takes his eyes off of Jesus and remembers the wind and the waves. He sees, wow, I'm standing on water. And he's, again, overcome with fear. Matthew tells us that that Peter begins to sink, and he cries out this beautiful and profound prayer that I think all of us would do well to listen to and imitate in our own lives. Peter cries out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And then, of course, Jesus and his compassion reaches out and saves Peter. So the lesson there for us, and I've experienced this in my own life, and I think if you look back throughout your life, you'll see that this has been true for you too. That when we walk through hard days, when we walk through scary times, that those, those are the times that Jesus loves to meet with us. And those are the times when, in a spectacular way, Jesus empowers us. He fills us anew with his Holy Spirit so that we can continue to join with him in ministry and mission in the world. And there will be times in your life, in your ministry, in your mission, just like there was for Peter, when you remember just how scary things really are. And perhaps you take your eyes off of Jesus But then may we follow Peter's example here and cry out, Lord, Lord, save me. And Jesus is always eager to hear that prayer and to respond. And we can walk with with confidence and with trust and with hope, no matter the circumstance, no matter the storm that we find ourselves in. Because as followers of Jesus, we remember that we will not be consumed because Jesus himself was consumed by the storm ultimately on the cross. But death could not hold our Lord and Savior down. He rose from the dead, 
He ascended into heaven where he sits at the Father's right hand, from where he pours out his Holy Spirit to empower us, be with us. So we can walk through whatever storms may come our way, knowing that we will not be overcome because Jesus is with us. Jesus loves to be with his followers. Jesus loves to meet his followers in their scary times. So 2020 is almost two-thirds over, and we have no idea what the rest of 2020 will hold. We're not in charge, and I think that that's good news. Who knows what the rest of 2020 will hold? Who knows what 2021 will hold? But we can go about 2020 and 2021 and whatever comes next with great confidence and hope, knowing that no matter what happens, Jesus loves to meet with his people in the midst of their storms. And that's good news for us today. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this good news. Your word is living and active, and it speaks so clearly to where we are, and that's such a gift. So thank you for this passage this morning. And we do pray that all of us would respond to this invitation, that we would open ourselves up to you, that we would lean into you, Jesus, during this time, no matter the circumstances. And we would experience this beautiful reality of you meeting with us in a special and unique way during the hard and during the scary times. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.